0: Good g'day everyone and welcome to another episode of double jump radio the official podcast of doublejump.co i'm your host Abia, and this week i'm joined by kai how you doing buddy
1: hello hello i am i am fantastic i've been that's good living the dream <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you're, you're like me you haven't uh gotten one of the new consoles have you
1: i have not tragically <laughs> uh, i'd like i'd like to pretend it was it was because i you know couldn't get one i just don't have the cash
0: <laughs> <laughs> true you know, true pre-
1: pretend i was in line and they ran out
0: yep let's let's say that <laughs> yeah the line at the kidney donation center was uh overwhelmed <laughs> yeah it's a challenge yeah, it was just, yeah you know prices have dropped Feels like only
1: yesterday I donated my first to get a PS4. Hey,
0: that's that's what needs to be done. That's what needs to be done, right? We're true gamers. We're true fans,
1: <laughs> putting it all on the line. <laughs>
0: who needs who needs toxic substances removed from the body when you've got a uh, Crash Bandicoot in 4K? That's
1: that's what voice chats for. That's how I get rid of any toxic substances. <laughs>
0: Uh well, <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up, but uh, maybe I'll just uh, apologize for uh, the lack of the episode for last week. Uh, frankly speaking, when it came down to, to recording, I was, let's just say that I was bloody exhausted <laughs> working, you know, extra hours and extra days in a row. It really takes a toll on the body, so, you know, for the sake of our health, I think I made the call to postpone it by a week but hey we've got a fresh new episode and Kai was gracious enough to reschedule with me so that that, that worked out in the end
1: you gotta you gotta look after your health
0: exactly exactly at the end uh, of the
1: most most likely there are many
0: <laughs> emotions and
1: questions in your head so first and foremost accept our humble apologies <laughs> this is the time period we undercalculated in the words of cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> Oh, God. My idol's in delays.
0: Oh, God. Yep. Uh, I think they know a thing or two about working extra hours. Uh, Let's not go there. So, what what uh, have you been playing recently? (laughs) Uh, Well, clearly nothing that came out on the new consoles, but I did get my hands on Destiny 2 Beyond Light, the new expansion for Bungie's Destiny 2. Now, full disclosure, I did get it through a code provided by Bungie, and we've got a few streams plus tom's review of the expansion coming this week so just just full disclosure for everyone at home but i, I thought i'd give my my uh, kind of thoughts of the campaign so far that's what i've been playing the the overall season of the hunt so that the new content season doesn't go live until uh until you guys hear this on wednesday but for now i can just talk about my time so far with the campaign so i've played just a, a couple of hours of the campaign so far and just to, just for context uh, this expansion uh, was accompanied by a lot of big changes to destiny 2 so uh, basically what bungie's done is quote-unquote vaulted or you know retired some of the content from the first three years of destiny 2 so the like destinations of titan io mars mercury uh the leviathan all of them were put away have been actually taken out of the game now bungie has said that those areas might return in 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 future releases but for the time being all the content associated with them are gone so that means a few raids strikes all the campaign stuff uh, associated with those uh, destinations are gone and the other thing bungie introduced was something called Sunsetting, where different types of weapons and armor will no longer be able to be kind of leveled up to the maximum, you know, theoretical level in the game. So anything that's like from older content is actually given an artificially low, like maximum power level so that it's kind of like Bungie doesn't want to take away all that stuff out of the game because it would cop even more backlash considering how much was removed from the game. But this is one way to kind of make these armor pieces and weapons fall out of favor with the players and, and naturally have those weapons and armor go away is by making it so that it's not worth players' time to use them because they're not going to be able to upgrade them to you know, a higher level and, and get the most out of it in terms of end-game content. So like th- those, those are kind of bitter pills to swallow because the, the thing is like, it's removed, Bungie removed like four to five destinations, but only added two um, two to the game. And one of them, which is the Cosmodrome on Earth, is returning from Destiny 1. So Europa, which is where the the new kind of icy destination that where the campaign takes place is actually the the only new returning, sorry, the only brand new destination. But, and even the, even the, everything but like the, the new vendors and new activities everything all the loot that would come out of the other activities seem to not have been upgraded alongside you know the the new expansion so they capped at a lower level than what you need to proceed with you know the end game content which which i think has frustrated a lot of players i mean if you go on the home page of reddit you'll see a lot of criticism of bungie's you know uh, like attempt to balance or reduce the size of the game and, and make it a bit more easier to develop for and, and bug fix. But, you know, speaking about the campaign itself, I... Like, I've enjoyed it so far. I, I The difficulty seems... It's kind of like... It seems as difficult as the first year of original Destiny, where everything was so new. You had enemies that were, like, overpowered, and it seemed like you were really struggling to fight them. But in this one, it doesn't quite seem as like I don't know it's not as like alluring because you're fighting the same enemies that you've been fighting for six years like it's the same types of enemies all they've done is just kind of given now they've got ice on them (laughs) like oh great but the, the the boss fights and stuff I've been through so far they do seem a bit more difficult than the original game uh, sorry then, then the rest of destiny 2's previous expansions so you kind of had to think a bit more about tactics and fighting the enemies and the bosses which which is fun because destiny kind of became that game where you just kind of you know you know the like games or movies where it's like a podcast like you you listen to a podcast in the background while you're doing the activities it's kind of it became kind of that game for a lot of people and and me included and this seems to kind of bring back a lot of that uh, a lot of that fun and excitement and, and and a lot of it also seems to be due with the sound design so in Europa there's dynamic weather and alongside that is dynamic sound effects you know you go from just like a calm snowy area to like you know a bit of fog and, and snowfall to like a heavy blizzard and and howling wind and things like that coming through and it kind of changes uh based on you know your, your timing and stuff and it sounds really awesome and kind of makes me wish that Bungie went back and did the same thing to all the other destinations in the game. Hopefully when those old destinations that have retired have come back, they come back with like feeling a bit more alive. And I don't know. Uh it seems like in 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 the Crucible, which is the PVP mode in, in Destiny 2, it feels like uh, pulse rifles and hand cannons, like aggressive hand cannons, which are the slower firing hand cannons. They got to bump up in firing rate, so I think they they feel really good. They also look like they got to bump up in range. I mean, ever, yeah. Ever yeah. since
1: Counter Strike, the hand cannon's been been the go to. Yeah. Desert Eagle.
0: Yeah, basically, imagine the Desert Eagle is its own class of weapon, and that that's what Destiny has done. And those cannons, hand cannons, appropriately you know named hand cannons actually feel like they're a bit more aggressive in this in this new sandbox meta in 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 the crucible so you know what uh, it'll be interesting to see a lot new a lot of new weapons and stuff played around with and pulse rifles have really been fun for me and they haven't been like kind of good for years now in destiny 2 so that, that's a good change but all in all like I'm enjoying beyond light so far even if I had paid for it I think I, I still would enjoy it but I'm still waiting to see you know what Bungie has in store in the season of the hunt and the 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 kind of forthcoming seasons of content to see if there's enough new activities and, and new stuff to kind of make it worthwhile to have lost so much of the game especially if you're a free to play player you're, you're gonna have access to pretty much nothing now which uh, which is disappointing
1: yeah it sounds like they've they've tried to make it sort of go back to what destiny was originally trying to be? Yep. Uh, but I guess it's a bit too soon to tell whether they've managed exactly. it or not.
0: Hasn't been out for a week, so I mean, if, if you go on Reddit, I mean, apparently ninety nine percent of players hate it, but I'm sure I'm sure there are a lot of people that like it too.
1: That's that's Reddit. Confident we will have more on Destiny soon. soon
0: yeah, uh, hopefully Tom's yeah. review of Beyond Light goes up later this week. That should be exciting as well. And I'll be streaming it on uh, Thursday this week. So check uh, check that out if you want to see it in action. Speaking of
1: articles going up, what happened last week on Double Drop?
0: We had a, a, a pair of awesome releases. Uh, first, we had a collaboration from Kate and Max. They, uh, they released an article kind of analysing the success of the, the the controversial, I'll put it this way, KDA promotional strategy that Riot Games has used for League of Legends. So, for those folks who don't know, KDA is kind of like the in-universe. It was it's kind of like it was kind of like I don't know if it's an April Fool's joke or something, but it's like imagine a K-pop uh, girl group made up of you know characters from League of Legends, and that became a reality in the form of KDA. And there's been a lot of tie-in promotion. Uh, with within League of Legends and you know a lot of like merch and things like that as well and I don't know like they've kind of given them personas and like one of them was like kind of you know talking about battling with mental health and asking for sympathy but it's like you're not a real character you're not a real person like there's other people who kind of you know need help <laughs> um yeah I don't know That that's there that was a very interesting read to to, to hear to see uh those guys analyze you know what's going on in the the League of Legends and Kda kind of world. Then we had Ryan. he's got like a, a solid like heart to be able to deal with the jump scares and, and horror in, in supermassive games his uh, latest entry in its Dark pictures anthology, which was which is called Little Hope, so he he found it fun and and a better release than Man of Medan, which is good.
1: as, as with all anthologies, season two's got to be better than season one.
0: It has to be. It has to be. That's the only way to work.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah. That, that was, that was uh, what was on Double Jump this past week.
1: Quiet week, but quality over quantity.
0: Exactly. That's, that's, the, that's the main thing, right? <laughs> and both of them are healthy, healthy length reads, so definitely give them a read after you listen to this podcast. That was what was on Double Jump last week. How about we talk about the gaming headlines from this past week? Kai, what was the, the major story? that was uh, on on the headlines this past week.
1: Yeah, well, the big one is about Sony sort of possibly adding 1440p support to the PS5 uh, just after confirming that it won't natively support the output. It's ah, That was so frustrating. <laughs> tragic, as we know. It's odd to me that it supports 4K but not 2K.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's got full HD and not 1440p, which is like the majority of... PC gamers and, and people who, you know, probably in dorm rooms and stuff like that, right? And then you go straight to 4K, which is you know, still at the higher end of like TV technology. It's it's coming down now, but you know, not 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 everyone's got that, you know, ready to go. But yeah, like what what, what did Sony say?
1: Oh, well, Hideaki Nishino uh and Masayasu Ito. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh had a chat to A V Bot, which is a Japanese thing which is translated by Kotaku. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that they want to prioritise TV support. Uh, and Ito said there's no technical problem with it. It's just depending on the market trends and how many requests Sony receives. So I guess that they're, they're thinking that not enough people have 2K TVs.
0: So it wasn't uh, worth the while to yeah. kind of focus on it at launch.
1: Yeah, sort of maybe add it later Which on. Which makes
0: sense if you think about uh, it. Like, yeah. like I mean- PlayStation's... Like, there's always been kind of this delineation between, like, you're a console gamer or a PC gamer. And, like, if you're a PC gamer, you, if you did have a console or something, it would be in the other room, you know, attached to the TV. I think maybe things are changing now that people are kind of, like, now that there are a lot of, like, good monitors that are really fast and responsive and don't cost an arm and a leg, and cost much less than buying, like a like, a big screen TV or something. Like... It's 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 puzzling, but I can kind of see where Sony was coming from here, for to not include. Yeah,
1: it. I I get it. Yeah, if I was developing a console, you know, it wouldn't be on my priority list. Yeah, the thing. Really? Yeah,
0: and the thing is that it, it's not that the PlayStation Five will not work with those types of monitors. You know, fourteen forty p monitors, which is by far kind of the most popular resolution uh, uh, on like high end you know kind of gaming screens the thing is that what happens is that your monitor if you've got a like a standard monitor it'll just take a 10 like a 1080p signal and then upscale it to 1440p or if you've got like some newer monitors it'll take the 4k signal and downscale it to 1440p but either way because you're not playing at the native resolution of the monitor you're going to you're going to some <clears throat> potential latency because there's a there's a delay between when the monitor gets the signal and then the processing that it has to do to adjust the picture to fit you know the screen so there's i think that's kind of the 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 main thing you know if you're
1: it's just adding adding that one more step
0: yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and and the thing is like if you're not playing on a 1440p monitor that, that does like the 4k downscaling it means that you've got like a two k signal going up to two and a half k or whatever, and you're gonna you might see some blurriness and stuff as well, not to mention some of that input lag that everyone's trying to you know avoid when playing you know games like Call of Duty and FIFA and things like that so it's a bummer
1: yeah it is it is a bummer, but look, as Nishino said, I think they're really prioritizing just t v support
0: which makes sense uh, if you think about yeah. it, it makes sense.
1: I mean, neither of them provided a timeline for implementing the two K support. Mm. Uh, maybe by the holidays, we don't know. Yeah,
0: because I'm sure a lot of people are going to have some time off playing some Call of Duty and Halo and stuff. So
1: yeah, and as as they said, it depends on how many requests only receives. <laughs> and I feel bummed out because <laughs>
0: it's, it's possible no one gets. And I feel bummed out because Ed got himself a fancy new nice monitor, 1440p high refresh rate. And his Xbox Series S and his Xbox Series S runs it perfectly, and is actually designed for fourteen forty p. But he's he got a PS Five, but he can't run it at the resolution he wants to. I feel bad. Uh,
1: uh, I'm sorry, Ed. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, hang tight. Hang tight. I'm buddy. sure it'll hang come tight. at
1: one point. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the Series S.
0: Yeah, we had a uh, team Microsoft deliver some great news for the Xbox side of things. So. Uh, folks at home the Xbox series s and the Xbox series X both uh, came out a couple of days before the ps5 in in Australia and most of the world uh, sorry UK um, but the 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 main thing is that it looks like both systems have outsold the Xbox one eh, which was Microsoft's previous largest launch so head of Xbox Phil Spencer you know everyone's favorite gaming executive I think took to Twitter to oh. Let's let's not discount Reggie. That's true. That's true. That's that's true. He 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 will forever live in our hearts. <laughs> uh, so Phil Spencer took to Twitter, and and said that the largest launch in Xbox history, is what the both systems enjoyed this past week, and he quote quote and said with more new consoles sold in more countries than ever before. Now he didn't provide any specific figures because you know why well, would he this early, but. Uh, it does seem like we can at least compare it to the Xbox One launch back in 2013 and say that it sold more than 1 million units uh, back when it launched, uh, you know, seven years ago. So at least combined, both systems have outsold that system. Now, I'm i am guessing that a lot, the majority of systems are the, the Series X uh, that would have been sold. But, you know, I don't have any figures to go off. But I think people just want the best and they're happy to pay that premium to get the best when it comes to the new systems. And alongside the announcement that Spencer put out on Twitter, The Guardian published uh, an interview with him where he talked about Microsoft's kind of vision for the future. And he said, uh, this is a quote, that Microsoft is not driven by how many consoles we sell and that its focus is actually on getting more players to it is, is more on getting players to engage with the brand in in different ways so you know whether that's you know getting on xbox game pass on your android phone and streaming games or playing it on your xbox one then transferring to your pc at home or whatever like it's all about getting more people access to xbox games you know no matter no matter what you're playing on and uh we'll talk about that a little bit later as well with another microsoft game but the other thing was that in the uk at least uh, according to a bbc report the xbox x and s launch combined with uh, recent call of duty patches you know for black ops cold war and warzone and the release of destiny beyond light plus assassin's creed valhalla led to br- record broadband data use in the uk which is which is pretty crazy if you think about like you know how many like how many people live across all the territories there and there was not just, like, spikes in data being transferred across the services, but a lot of people also experienced slowed services across the UK. And I know that Xbox Live went down for a couple hours on launch day. You know, that, was the, that would have been a bit uh, frustrating for people who took the day off work to, you know, play on the latest Call of Duty or whatever. And as of this writing, it looks like the Xbox Series X has sold out across Australia. Um, with the uh, Series S, you know, not far behind in terms of uh, its uh, its demand as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, is is beating the Xbox One's sales really that much of an accomplishment? Well, it was a while <laughs> exactly. ago, but from what I remember, that launch really didn't go well for no, Xbox. No,
0: Microsoft lost a lot of goodwill after yeah. you know, you know the. The the announcement, oh, you uh, know, there's the be, Xbox Connect. Well, I mean the Connect the Connect itself the Connect itself wasn't bad, but I think people just didn't want it to be bundled into the system and you know, potentially increasing mm. the price of every console that came out. And and also yes exactly.
1: there are also security issues with the whole it's always, always online, on, always yep. watching.
0: Which um, you know, would make sharing games and stuff very tricky. That it's 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 funny because like, you know, both Microsoft and Sony have come up with diskless disk drive less versions of their respective consoles this time around so maybe microsoft was on the right track but it was just a, a too too soon i think i think it just was too soon at that time too early to make that call and
1: that's how i'm reading the uh, phil spencer's announcement about how it's focusing on you know how players are engaging with the brand mm. as just backtracking from the mistakes they made last yeah, time
0: cuz i think microsoft has suffered you know, for many years after that trying to fix its image because yeah. you know, if you were hardcore into games and stuff, yeah, you might have read the news and that Microsoft backtracked a lot of its decisions, but if you're in the general public, you would have just heard that, oh, you know, you can't play used games on Microsoft or you can't share your games and it comes with this camera that spies on you and it's like $200 more than the PS4, blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> and even if you are reading the news and they've backtracked those decisions, you can't unring that bell. Yeah. Like the, da- the damage was done. Yeah.
0: That's the thing. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe finally now in 2020, Phil Spencer's done enough hard work over there with with things at Xbox that people are a bit more, you know, welcoming to the Xbox brand, and maybe that's why the launches went really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's clearly figured out that it doesn't matter how many consoles you sell
0: if people don't like your brand. <laughs> yeah, it took it took his time, but he got there. <laughs> it's, it's gonna take <laughs> you seven years to bring that back. Exactly, exactly. But uh, you know. You know what's not going to take seven years is uh, this uh, new uh, acquisition that Take-Two is after. What's happening there, man?
1: Yeah, well, uh, just recently Take-Two confirmed uh, reports that it was planning to acquire Dirt and F1 developer Codemasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week it is confirmed that that's going ahead uh, with a almost billion dollar deal. Yes. I think it was US $994 million. So... I mean, that's a lot if of I was Codemasters I'd I'd bump it up just to get <laughs> just to that like come on. billion
0: what's 6 million among just, friends huh you know
1: yeah you're so close uh, come, come on, on. F-
0: that's what I tip the doorman on the way out every morning like come on come on guys <laughs> alright <laughs> uh, yes, uh uh according yeah.
1: to Business Wire mm-hmm. uh, the transition's planning to be completed by March 31st 2021 with Codemasters senior management holding their positions and leadership responsibilities so it's really more of a Just a name change.
0: Well, that's the thing with... Yeah, like it's like Codemasters has made a lot of strides over the last few few years, you know, growing. You know, I I think a lot of that's been fueled by the success of the Formula One games that it's licensed from the FIA. Plus, you know, fans have been happy with Dirt, the Dirt games, especially Dirt Rally, where really catering to the hardcore rally fans. And you know what? Codemasters got big enough to even acquire studios like Slightly Mad Studios, which is... You know, been working on the project cars simulation series so you know what codemasters has done a, like a lot of hard work and it's crazy to think like codemasters i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure uh you know the you know the like the game genie yeah i'm pretty sure codemasters invented that like it was the ones who created that back in the day like if you thought about cheats on consoles early on that's where codemasters started off in the in the hacking and modding scene and then now is like a billion dollar company, <laughs> you know. Yes. Oh, that's
1: crazy, right? I I knew I had I had heard Codemasters somewhere recently, yeah. it's because I was looking up uh, the Game Genie as well as this.
0: <laughs> oh. oh man, that's that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So you, Thank you for reminding a lot of me. people might have remembered uh, Codemasters, uh, you know, from back in the like the Sega. Sega Genesis, uh, sorry, Sega Master System, Master System and Mega Drive days and Super Nintendo days and now now look at them. <laughs> so good on them, yeah. good on them and I,
1: I'm glad that Take-Two... Well, it two sounds like with no no management changes, it really looks like Take-Two is just going to purchase them and then just leave them, leave them yeah, to it.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's sort of like what it does with Rockstar, just kind of lets the studios do their thing and be like you know what we're gonna be we're gonna back you up we're gonna give you the financial backing but we trust you guys to do the work and to know what's the right thing to do so you know what good on good on Cody's for proving themselves worth that value because that's that's a lot of money and hopefully take two sticks to its word and keeps the same people around so you know we we continue to see some great games coming out of there but I don't know I mean take take two's got it mate. Put some money up front 100%. and
1: then just sit back, rake it yep. in.
0: <laughs> yep. Get all that Formula One money. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh congratulations to Lewis Hamilton who won the uh ooh, spoilers everyone, who won the Turkish Grand Prix uh this past weekend and secured his seventh Formula One championship title. So congrats to him. Equaling Michael God. Schumacher now and you know, with next year Looking like uh, the 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 cars are very similar to this year's cars. I think Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton might win again next year. I think they're they're the front runners to win. But anyway, let's uh, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the world of Twitch and copyright strikes and kind of the lack of transparency that Twitch has shown throughout. So, uh, just for context, oh, Twitch. <laughs> a couple of a couple of weeks ago, we talked about. Uh, twitch deleting thousands of videos and and uh, like clips across uh, you know thousands of different channels based like kind of like seemingly out of nowhere and then twitch kind of shared an email to the the creators who were affected and said basically uh, in an attempt to in an apparent attempt to adhere to uh, thousands of dmca takedown notices from different uh, you know music publishers that it had to kind of take down the the clips bef- instead of issuing a copyright strike against the channels because uh, if you get i think 3 copyright strikes your channel's like effectively banned like you you can't make videos anymore so instead of that Twitch just decided to delete all these videos and uh, uh, understandably a lot of creators are very pissed off because they weren't given notice they weren't given any chance to kind of fight or like, you know, protest about it or anything like that. And it looks like Twitch has kind of learnt from this a little bit and has taken to its official blog uh, this past week uh, to first of all acknowledge what happened and also vow to make some changes. So uh, I'll just read out one of the statements that Twitch uh, put in its, uh, in its uh, blog post. So the point of the DMCA, uh, the uh, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which protects copyright law in, in America, The point of the DMCA is to strike a balance between the interests of rights holders, so the major record levels in this case, and creators. Because of this, we were compelled to delete the videos on demand and the clips that were identified in the notifications. This showed our commitment to upholding our obligations under the DMCA while affording us the opportunity to sort out the best way to handle issuing strikes in these circumstances. Now, Twitch acknowledged that quote-unquote what it did was frustrating and worrying and that the emails that it sent alongside the deletions didn't really provide much clarification now having acknowledged that and kind of apologizing for that twitch has showed off some plans to bring some new tools to help creators quote-unquote manage the video archives so number one these tools will help them like kind of curate their archives and choose what to keep and what not to keep. And number two, decide which audio that they will actually keep within these like kind of recorded content. So highlights and and clips and and archives as well. And uh, and this is also including the new soundtrack by Twitch initiative that Twitch has done in partnership with a few record labels. And also um, it wants to add the ability to actually uh, review any allegedly infringing content, uh, before, you know, Twitch takes a drastic step and deletes them, so that's, that's the thing, um, it, it, it also kind of, like, avoided, uh, I don't know, it wasn't as, like, it wasn't as, like, oh, sorry, we fucked up tone that, you know, you might have expected, given how many people were affected by it, but you kind of, you kind of understand, when you think about twitch being owned by amazon and and having to deal with you know a lot like a lot of like different third parties in terms of music and and clips and things like that you know it's you know it, it has vowed to give more transparency going forward but i don't know what do you, what do you think like do you think twitch has done enough I, to help
1: i i am noting that nowhere in that in that thing have they mentioned an appeals system or an appeals process yeah. which to me would be step 1 yeah
0: cuz like there is like there is some sort of process there but it's not pointed out yeah. like it's not highlighted here you it's, know what i mean
1: it's not clear and it's i'm not 100% sure whether you can do it after a content's been deleted
0: well yeah so it's it's saying that when you receive a notification um you you'll get the opportunity to review your allegedly infringing content and it's going to provide some more details about you know who who made the claim what was the claim and how you can contact them but it's like they're saying they're going to they'll help they they acknowledge to me
1: that. that reads very much as we're going to give you the ability to choose to delete it yourself before we do yeah which is not a choice
0: yeah Like, it's like, either way, like, it says here, like, Twitch has said, you know, quote unquote, we also need to help you more easily file counter notifications if you believe you have the rights to use the content, right? So, like, yes, but how now? (laughs) Like, you know, like, you have mentioned some tools there, but I don't know how far along these plans are. Like, if it's still very vague like this, we may not see tools for many months now, you know? And how many people will be affected... By that time
1: Hmm Do you need statement I mean maybe I'm just very cynical But it rings very hollow to me
0: Yeah like it, it's very easy to say like, Sorry After thousands of people have lost You know potential streams of income Without any way to kind of You know fight Back or to appeal <laughs> You know what I mean Yes
1: yeah. we're, we're going to support you if you have the rights I am sceptical that Twitch is going to to get up in court and stick up for their. Yeah, like, what creative. What does
0: support mean? And, you know, is it just mean, here's a fact? Yeah, or are you going to publish a, here's what not to do? Well, I mean, that's what it did. It's what it did in its apology. It just said, oh, here's how you can stay educated for it. All right. Hmm. But that. Very nice.
1: Oh, yeah. oh, gee, we're sorry for dealing with it, but maybe you shouldn't have copied Yeah, like,
0: that's, like, you know, um, I don't know, that's just, it's it, it kind of like. It's like saying, Oh, you know, you could have done better. Like we're saying sorry, but really we're just saying sorry, but you could have done something better too. You know what I mean? Like, why wasn't this yeah. information made clear earlier? Like why why weren't things put into place ages ago? Because Twitch has been growing so much over the past few years. Like this this shouldn't have been a surprise to Twitch. Eventually, you're not you're no longer the underground kind of streaming service that you know all the big record companies and stuff don't really pay attention to because no one's watching your content. Like, it's millions of people are watching your website every day. You 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 need to have a more robust system.
1: Yes. I think this it might just be yeah you know, got too big
0: too fast. Maybe, and maybe even with all that Amazon money, maybe. Amazon's lawyers finally got around to looking at this, you know, this this purple logo in the in the corner of their taskbar when they're in meetings at Amazon and then they're like, "Oh crap." <laughs> maybe maybe that's what happened. Who knows? Who knows for sure, but we we're hoping, you know, that Twitch provides more tools going forward and you know as as a team who does stream, you know, a few times a week, like this is something that we need to see very eagerly because we do get a lot of requests for you know for our our streamers to maybe sing along to a song or you know maybe we want to have music playing in the background and stuff but we can't because we're not 100% sure what's going to be safe and what's going to get flagged or not even if it's royalty free mm-hmm. music or whatever like it can still get flagged somewhere and it's it's scary when you might lose your channel when even when you when you had rights to use a piece of content, but you never got the opportunity to appeal it, like that's scary. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's a it's a risk, and I think content creators aren't in a position right now to be taking that risk. Yeah,
0: especially with so many people like, you know, out of work in terms of their like other jobs. Like you know, uh, I don't think you want to be, you know, you don't want to be relying entirely on something that can be taken away from you. Just, just as it can happen, you know, in 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 a regular job, you know, it's it's scary.
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah. You know, you know what's not scary is is some good news from the world of Arcane Studios. Tell us what's happening yeah, there, buddy.
1: Let's move to a little bit of lighter content. <laughs> uh, so the now owned by Microsoft uh, developer Arcane Studios line has announced that it's planning to release Deathloop on PC and PS5 in May next year. Woo! Uh, Woo. Yeah, so <laughs> Arcane Studios made uh, Dishonored and Prey. This studio made Dishonored, but was not involved in the development of yeah. Prey. That so was the Austin mostly studio. mostly been working on Deathloop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just, I think 2012, Arcane was acquired by ZeniMax Media, so they were included in Microsoft's purchase of Bethesda which is very recent which is interesting that it's now
0: going to be a PS5 exclusive So yeah it is so basically Microsoft said that it's gonna kind of it's not gonna ruffle any feathers it's gonna hold the companies accountable for the deals they're already signed
1: yeah we'll clarify it's a timed exclusive so for the first year Deathloop will only be available on PC and PS5 and then from May 2022 uh, it should come out on Xbox.
0: Yes, so that that'll be interesting. I bet you know. I, I bet it'll be like a Game Pass thing on, bang on May twenty
1: one, twenty twenty two. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of lot of games like big triple A hits are coming out on Game Pass yeah. very quickly.
0: And and it would be like that's the thing because I, I don't think you were on the episode where we talked about the Bethesda acquisition. You know, like w- what do you think of the idea of the next major Bethesda game, like whether it's Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6 being an Xbox and Windows exclusive game. Like, what do you think of... What impact do you think I that would have? I think we did
1: have this conversation at some point. We
0: probably did. Oh. All
1: right, time is meaningless.
0: I think we talked about... Maybe we did have this conversation because I, I remember us pitching... We're talking about dragons vaping in watch, in the world of Watch Dogs or something. <laughs>
1: I, I do. I remember that.
0: Oh, oh it haunts my I dreams. I just, I just, I still find it hilarious that Microsoft is publishing a PS5 exclusive game.
1: <laughs> I the world's gone crazy. Microsoft's got it, got it made. Either people buy the Xbox and they make tons of cash from that, mm. or they buy the PS5 and they can make money off exclusives that come out. Yeah,
0: that's that's funny. That's just hilarious,
1: and and I, yeah. I feel like they're they're hedging their bets from the Xbox One, yeah, which tanked, and they're like, what if this console doesn't do well again?
0: Exactly. Let's put some money into PS5 exclusives. The original Xbox One and the Xbox One X are now discontinued. So the Xbox One S, which is kind of like the mid-step system, is still being like you know sold. You know. Uh, other other kind of like pundits in the industry have talked about maybe Microsoft you know how Microsoft has pushed its game streaming initiative you know Project X Cloud over the past couple of years like maybe if you want to play like the latest games in in great quality maybe you don't buy a new Xbox Series console you 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 buy it like you know an Xbox Series like sorry an Xbox One S like a couple hundred bucks or maybe even less than that and then you basically just stream the latest games in four K on that system, like that's a, that's a very crazy idea. What do you think?
1: I don't know if it's gonna catch on because the people likely to do that are also the ones who are just gonna get the newest console. Mm. It's know, hard to limit yeah. that limit that frame rate delay and latency. Well, oh,
0: that's the thing. Like a, a, a feature like game streaming is so like it's so kind of like niche and high end at this stage that the only people who would know that thing exists are the same type of people who would put the money down for your best systems right it's like it's like VR exactly like you know you wouldn't make a VR game for your grandparents because they're not going to buy it (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah that's I mean
1: maybe maybe it'll really catch on in you know somewhere where they've got slightly better internet than we do here in Australia yeah but i i cannot imagine sort of how it would work me playing a game that's running you know in another country streamed
0: back to me yeah i mean we sometimes like our internet's so bad in it's, this country that a lot of people uh, you know would rather connect to their phone on a hotspot rather than use the internet in their like bloody house yeah and 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 phone data now is it's getting better, but it's not cheap, <laughs> you know. Compared to other countries, probably, no. it's yeah, it's a challenge. And, and yeah, yeah, to bring it back yeah. to
1: bring it back to Deathloop, a game like that, sort of one v one. I can't imagine streaming that feeling. would be at such a disadvantage. Yeah, because like
0: the Dishonored games and even even Prey to some extent were very like precise action games, right? Like there's a lot of movement. Uh, like this, this teleporting and rolling and, and like parkour and stuff. Like those things, like fast motion wreaks havoc on video compression. <laughs> so I, I'm just picturing like a game like Deathloop with so much going on on the screen, just looking like a blurry mess if you were trying to stream it.
1: Yeah. It would just take just that little bit of lag or you know, latency issues and it would be unplayable.
0: Yeah. And frustrating. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that's, that's the thing you know what maybe it's a good thing that that game is pc and ps5 for now and not on some sort of cloud streaming service at the moment we we, we need, we've still got yeah. a ways to go yeah well that's good because that's that's really the reason i might
1: end up getting a ps5 at some yeah. point
0: i mean that's the thing like it, you know in australia the ps5 regular edition is 749 with the digital edition coming in at 599 in Australia, and it may seem like a lot of money, but if you think about, you know, the PS3 coming out at like $1,000, the PS2 being like seven or $800 back in 2000, like that's crazy money compared to what consoles cost now, and someone like Jake and maybe even yourself, man, like they got through on a standard PS4 through the whole generation, you know, that's that's seven years of service for something that costs seven hundred and fifty bucks. That's like hundred and ten dollars a year, you know what I mean? Less than that. Like you can spend a hundred and something dollars at the movies if you went to like, you know, Village Cinema's gold class and got popcorn and all this fancy stuff. Like it's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean that's you're paying for entertainment and entertainment's always been expensive. Yeah. Like
0: That's that's the that's the edge I think yeah. that Microsoft has, is that with game pass being like i I'm, it's like it's a little bit more than a netflix subscription but it gives you access to so many games and I uh, uh, like this is a little bit off topic but what do you think about you know you know you're you're a fan of independent games as well right so you play a lot of them you you're aware of them now with game pass it's like netflix you know you you just try try an episode if you don't like it you drop it do you think that'll change game design in a way that'll put a lot of pressure on developers to try and grab even more attention? You know, on the first I level mean, I, or the first two levels.
1: I don't, I don't know if it'll change because a lot of sort of that that indie scene is about just getting noticed. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, really good marketing because it's a huge market. Yeah. Um. Do you think
0: it's like the same battle that independent developers have? With the you know, the two hour Steam return policy.
1: I mean, maybe. Mm. I don't I don't know how how Game Pass funding works, whether Microsoft just buys the the games for a set cost and then includes them yeah. or if you know like a, yeah. if they monitor oh this many people played this game so here's your cut. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. I wish there was more transparency but, around that.
1: Yeah. If it's if it's the former I can see this being really, really good for indie games. Mm provided microsoft you know takes the risk yeah yeah and puts forth the money to support them which it has you know, done they've before. got a fairly good track yeah, record exactly of. Like, especially compared to sony which has very little indie support
0: yeah which is crazy like, like you sort of got to be got to be proven successful before. exactly whereas like you know the like the two errors of the ps4 are kind of like or three eras in a way there's like the jack tretton you know kind of the launch of the ps3 sorry ps4 and then we had like sean layden kind of in between and then you had jim ryan towards the end right and during jack tretton's time like there was a huge push for independent developers like remember like e3 2013 when uh sony announced the price yeah and so and unveiled the ps4 remember how like there was like the f- five or six game developers on stage like being held up like rock stars that was huge, yeah. and like now it's like, like indie games don't even get a show reel at a PS5 conference. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think sort of Microsoft has has won the indie scene over at this yeah. point.
0: Like that idea at Xbox program has, I think, the fact that there's a name to it and there's someone like Chris Charla and and stuff who kind of champion it and continue to you know reach out to developers. I think that's. That's the main thing. Yeah,
1: and that's that's what we need more of. Like, just just hosting indie games on your platform is great, mm. but what Microsoft's done that you know gives them the edge is put a face to it, and like that's true. That's very true. Recognizable, which which is very tricky with indie games because they're all developed by different people and different companies. Yeah. And I guess it, it, I th- uh, yeah. just making it recognizable as we are supporting indie games like this, this, and
0: we're all going to go through one person. And maybe it's kind of like a double-edged sword in that. Yes, it can go kind of negative in terms of attention span, but I think also the barrier to entry is lower because you don't have to buy a game to play it. You have the subscription, you see this new game, it looks cool. You download it and you try it and you might get hooked and you might really like it. So I guess it goes both ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think more people are going to play indie games through game pass just because you're not putting, you're not taking that initial risk.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because I mean, it, it is, you know, scary going on Steam, finding an indie game that looks all right and seeing that it's 25 bucks, and you're like, but what if it's shit?
0: Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> what if
1: it's bad and then I'm out 25 bucks for something I don't like?
0: Yeah, and I guess we don't know whether, like, with, with especially, like, independent games and stuff, like, whether or not that kind of if if maybe that 25 bucks if they you know they might make more money off game pass just because a lot more people will download it and try it and you can't really refund yeah. it <laughs> like like yeah, you've exactly. done your job you've got them to use game pass
1: <laughs> takes away the risk yeah With what i like to call the rust effect where you put your money towards something that looks good and then the developer goes insane yep yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
1: And you've got this, this broken mess of a game that's never going to get updated, and the guy vocally says he hates everyone who plays it.
0: Oh. And you're like, wow, that was a lot of money for something that sucks. That's sad. And I haven't like heard of, I haven't heard the name Russ mentioned in so long, dude. So thanks for that. <laughs> I will never forget Russ. <laughs> and w- and what it did to you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: set back the indie scene a decade
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. well you know what else we're not going to forget we're not going to forget to thank the fans at home who support us every week and if you want to have your voice heard on the podcast you can always email us at podcast at co. so ask us your questions we'd love to answer them on the show yeah
1: or just comments yeah, yeah it doesn't have doesn't have to be a Q&A.
0: Yeah. Just say something, man. Just just tell us, tell us what you think.
1: Hey, double jump! Really like Kai's dulcet, sultry tones.
0: <laughs> For sure, I think yeah. I think I think we need to have we need to have that comment.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do. I do recordings on request. You've got a particular <laughs> sentence you'd like me to say.
0: We've got to set you up on Cameo. Oh,
1: of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, and if you guys want to support us even further you know you can always share our content around on social media uh, you know subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about it and also become a patron on patreon.com slash double jump send us a tip every month you will be helping us put together awesome content like what we're recording for you right now and streams we post for you guys plus all of the uh, you know the the costs associated with running the website with all the awesome content that goes up every week
1: I think you get a cool new color on our Discord
0: server yeah. as well. get get yourself a custom role and let everyone know that you're a huge supporter of the site. Yeah. But yeah, Kai. Thank you so much again. It was a fun, it was fun as always.
1: Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure.
0: <laughs> but yes, if you guys want to say hi to Kai, you know you'll find him on our Discord server. So, doublejump.co/discord to join the community and come say hi.
1: Well, you can summon me by saying indie. Three times into a mirror at midnight. Oh, okay, I oh, will. Well, ap- I'll just appear.
0: <laughs> you'll just appear. You'll just appear. Hand over a code and then disappear again.
1: Can <laughs> <laughs> I clarify? Not um. a not like a free game code, just a code. <laughs> yeah. oh, you yeah, have to crack code. it yourself.
0: No, it's actually a, a code for Xbox Game Pass, but you will only give <laughs> it to people who have PS fives, <laughs> and you just tell them <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs>
1: Uh, I love that's a very me thing to do just for the prank
0: <laughs> alrighty well thank you again dude and uh yeah good luck with your uh, your endeavors into the world of games journalism on TV ooh ooh, ooh. <laughs> what a cliffhanger alrighty everyone thank you so much for listening and once again look out for one another bye